Refreshed from an Easter break, New Tricks returns this week to discuss Macron's chest hair and election glory, lengthening booking windows and increasing consumer confidence in the sector. Daniel Johansson, Director of Development and Acquisitions at Cheval Collection, kindly joins us and shares his views on all of this, plus how the team at Cheval is preparing for an imminent return to conferencing. And welcome to another episode of New Tricks, which is the regular podcast from New Dog PR. We've had a little break over Easter to stuff our faces with chocolate and hot cross buns, and we're now fully digested and back <laughs> in the land of podcasting. Um, Catherine is here from Paris, and uh, we shall get on imminently to the political landscape there, because thrilling it is at the moment, I'm sure. Um, and joining us this week... Daniel Johansson, who is the Director of Development and Acquisitions at Cheval. Daniel, welcome to New Tricks. How are you? Excellent, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Good morning. I said Cheval, not Cheval Collection or Cheval, yes, Cheval Cheval Collection to give it its proper title. I think that's the right one to use. There we go. Um, So um, how was your weekend? Yeah, very good, thank you. I'm feeling, and you can maybe hear it in my voice, <laughs> I'm just a little uh, tired. And I think it is oh. definitely sort of a sign of age as we attended, my wife and I attended one of the, sort of the charity school balls. And it was great fun, but it takes time to recover. And I can feel it even today. Yes, fun can be tiring. <laughs> but it's, I think it's it, good I think to it's- do it every now and again. Exactly. Well, I think it's it's difficult for the population as a whole, isn't it? Because there was no fun mm. um, and for, for months and months and fun wasn't allowed unless, you know, you lived in certain kind of central London locations. Um, and then there was fun and it you have to ease back into that. You know, you wouldn't run a marathon straight away, would you? And so I think after years of no fun, getting going straight into like a ball or something like that is very brave of you. And um, and it's Ooh. no wonder that there's some, maybe some light oneness. Yeah, no, so well, you can't I, be blamed, I don't think. No, but you, you think when you sit there, uh, there's just no masks, obviously, at all. It's like nothing ever happened. Mm. So, and, and there was not even a sort of the message going out prior to, you know, we would recommend a test prior to going to an event with 200 odd people, um, which I thought could have been quite sensible because at least that's a percentage would have taken the test and checked. But yeah. the, no, I think that the, there's just nothing. Well, I guess the proof will be in the pudding in about a week's time. <laughs> yeah, no, we've tested ourselves already. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yay, events. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, it's not, it's not just feeling a bit tired afterwards with big events these days, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hmm, was that a super spreader? Um, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's a market here. You know, you know, you get the sort of couch to 5K program, which gently eases you into being able to do a 5K from just sitting on the sofa, stuffing your face with hot cross buns. I wonder if there is a couch to social event program mm. that, that needs to be created, or maybe it does exist. If anyone is aware of one, do please share. Just a sort of gentle, you know, tonight you're going to bed sort of 15 minutes later than bedtime with one extra glass of wine, and then you ramp it right up to however much alcohol you want to consume, various social interactions, conversations, all the way to you are ready for the school social ball. Mm. Well, of course, here at Frogside, they did do that. Because it was, you could drink in the gutter first before you could drink inside or on the ephemeral terraces. So there was that gentle move back in 
And of course, off license were always classed as critical, um, critical shops. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there was anyone any shortage of people having drinks during any lockdown or COVID <laughs> or whatever. It's just going on a night out is different, I think. Yeah, yeah. Talk, standing up often. Yeah, talking to other people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put shoes on. Yeah, um, the so, well, you, I'm glad you mentioned Frogside. How is Frogside? And particularly Macron's chest hair is what we all want to know. Isn't it, though? So, well, obviously, that's what swung it. Um, <laughs> we're all very pleased for him. So, yes, it's very, everyone's very happy this morning. Well, everyone who isn't a fascist anyway. Um, so that's obviously, I expect they're sad somewhere in a corner. But, uh, yes, lovely day for Maccas. Um, I see that Boris Johnson's already saying that he wants to come over and visit and reset the relationship and all those things. And, and this side, the finance minister has already said they're not interested. Um <laughs> <laughs> so so no there'll be no coming over to to touch somebody who's won something recently and hope that it rubs off um and yes and presumably um macron's chest hair greaser or whoever it is he uh, he deals with is very happy as well it's very happy as well i wasn't here for the voting um which doesn't matter because i'm not allowed to vote so that was fine but i was actually in the lord's bath experiencing um the uk domestic holiday fun that obviously I live overseas so I was a genuine overseas visitor um, and Bath seemed to be fully throbbing with people who wanted to go on walking tours of Bridgerton locations um, which was nice and the rugby which is always good um, though never good for Bath but that was fine but, uh, but, but somewhat bizarrely one of the shirt sponsors was a company called Macron um, and so I did wonder whether this was sort of some kind of devious kind of electioneering on the part of our Maccas um, and certainly features lots of burly men, some of whose chest hair you could see. So mm, I think the message is clear here for the next election in the UK. I cannot wait. Or yes. So, so choose, choose your candidates wisely. Um, always the fan of a bit of PR and comms, as you know. I, I am bemused and also sort of wildly uh, intrigued as to how that conversation came up within their within the comms team um, as do you not normally finish a speech and then <laughs> rip open your shirt whilst throwing yourself onto a sort of 70s leather chair? No? Um, I haven't done for a while, but as... as uh, out, and this takes us back to our original point. You see, if you think you haven't done for a while, you need to remember. So Daniel will be appearing on, on our wonderful panel at IHIF in a couple of weeks' time, and we will obviously be looking out and see what happens in the live versus Zoom speaking environment. Yeah, hopefully nobody is just sort of I would hope not. I would hope not. It's been a long time since people met up and, you know, social mores have changed. How are the IHIF preparations going, Daniel? Uh, Very well. Um, But it is incredibly hectic to put that programme together, I find. It's just sort of, you start uh, like three months out and you think, no, surely I I can't ask anyone for a meeting now. It's just way too early. Um, Two months in, you you start doing something and then suddenly I had this realization to just two weeks ago that, Oh my God, we have a, a lot to get organized. So uh, we've set up about, or we, we sort of, the nine of us going, uh, so we've got about 250 people sort of individual meetings we're trying to set up. So that's sort of a straightforward bit, but then, you know, where, where and who do you attend with for, whatever drinks, dinner, or invite mm-hmm. you to. So there's a lot of organisation. And then, of course, this year, as we're going in as patron sponsor, we're going with a stand. So there's been lots of meetings about 
what should we understand and who is there and all of that. So, but overall, we're really uh, looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be great to see lots more people and the panel. Of course. course. Of course. Highlights. That's the highlight, yes. Yes, naturally. The couch to IHIF, I think, has got a certain ring to it. Yes. What we've been yes. doing is the sort of pre-panel. Yeah, maybe maybe we could, we could fax well, that. We are, we are liking that now, so it's almost next week. Well, it is next week, but almost a week away. And you're thinking, do you stop drinking now entirely to freshen the, the livers and kidneys, or do you start drinking now? It's the, a terrible annual choice that one must make. Daniel's opted for the latter, obviously. Yes. <laughs> I think IHF's all about pacing yourself (laughs) because if you go out too strong on the first night, you then have an awful time. And actually this time, of course, there's two really main days. So the first night you're just kind of arriving and then you have the Wednesday and the Thursday. Don't go out too hard on the Monday night, folks. Tuesday night, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I have a long story about... You can start on Monday if you like. I think I might have to. Um, right, on to matters of uh, service departments, pandemics, and how it all, all worked out very well for service departments. You seem to be the sort of golden child of the of the, of the the pandemic in terms of hospitality, real estate assets. Um, how... Oh, I have but, a... By the way, just in case we're sort of about to talk about, oh, it's been so resilient, we had 60% occupancy and all that. I think so many people that have signed into webinars or conferences for service departments and they have not had such a good time, they must be either fed up or bored of hearing that oh, it's super resilient uh, message. You raise a valid uh, point. I mean, it, it has been good. <laughs> That's but, absolutely amazing. But, you know, there's no need to rub it in, is there? No, no we shan't be doing We're less fortunate than ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but I guess what we see is that people are uh, booking ahead. They're daring to book ahead a little bit more now. Uh, and, and that's uh, that's really great. This sort, of, this sort of super last minute. And we can also be a little stronger on the uh, cancellation rights and things like that. So whereas before and recently and, and still during some stages, we you have the ability to literally cancel on the day and just say, I'm no longer coming for whatever reason, and then that's totally fine. We can see if we can adjust your date or we refund. But uh, now you can say, okay, do let us know the sort of 24, 48 hours, or even if it's a longer booking, let us know a week in advance. Mm. So that's finally changing uh, a, a tiny bit. Not, not fully. I think we always now need to remain flexible to keep guests happy, but... Uh, at least you have a little bit more certainty of people are going to be arriving at least on the day. Yeah, yeah, and th- that's interesting. That because um, I do, I do, I suspect that that element of flexibility will stay because 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 guests have experienced it, tasted it, and it hasn't, and it's been a- appealing to not have to commit to something three months out for you know this amount of time. P- things change and circumstances change in a lot of situations very genuinely. Um, so, it, yeah, interesting to hear that the flexibility remains. Um, can you um, – I would like to talk about Myla Kanda as well because that's very exciting. Um, and But this was something that was in concept pre-pandemic? 
Uh, yeah, no, actually, we've been we've been working on Mylocanda for for quite some time, um, at least two years, two and a half years, uh, I would say, uh, and we're still we're still buzzing about the the launch um, uh, in February, and not only about the Mylocanda sort of brand launch, but also about the Glasgow announcement, and I I've sort of been thinking about how I view the Mylocanda. Brand. And I think it's kind of what I think the potential in it is what happened to brands like Hoxton A's, Mama Shelter, 25 hours in the hotel space. And there are just not that many players in the service department world that are having a similar concept like this. And comparable brands, uh, I'd be quite happy to say uh, Locke and Soku, um, but there are not that many else that sort of roll on your tongue. Um, and as you obviously, uh, you guys know, but the Mylocanda uh, is is this sort of offering from Cheval Collection that we're quite happy to put in the apart hotel category rather than sort of full-on service department. So that's a whole other subject you can go into. What is it called? Is it service department, apart hotel, extended stay, etc.? cetera? Um, but for us, Mylocanda is about 80% studios, smaller apartments, and then great, really great public areas. Um, and obviously there, we're not, we're not reinventing the wheel uh, per se, but it, we are, um, it, it, what I think is really unique about it is that it's a, it's a very high quality offering at an affordable, more affordable price point. And certainly how it sits within our three brands, we have Cheval Residences, Cheval Maison, and then Mother Canada. And the f- um, yeah, go on, you go. No, no, um, I it is so you, you have these studios, you have the great pocket spaces, and so you have all the we, we think there will be obviously more transient business there, but you have the flexibility to stay longer. Um, and if you want that independence and so on, and I, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think we will have a very healthy mix of short and, and long stay. And the first UK site is uh, confirmed. Indeed. So we're going to be, uh, we've announced Glasgow, 168 keys there, really prime location in central uh, central Glasgow, just off George Square. And uh, we're due for an opening um, in, uh, we should hit Q2 in May, uh, sorry, May 2024. So Q2 2024. And it's a JV, isn't it? This the the, the Glasgow site. Yeah. So we have uh, joined forces with the Chris Stewart Group, uh, whom we are already working with in in Edinburgh on the three projects up there. So uh, so that's great. Yeah. Now we're we're super happy about it. Um, and who knows, there might be more things to come as well. And well, on more things to come, where would you, what are your ambitions for the for the Mylocanda brand and the and the other two brands within the Cheval collection? Uh, so, our focus is on UK, Europe, and the Middle East primarily. There are no real sort of geographical limits as to where we can go, uh, but for us, it's all about growing the portfolio uh, primarily through asset light, HMAs, and. As a, as a key focus, um, I think uh, we definitely zoom in on the UK and create other cities in, in, uh, in Europe. Um, 
there you we look at new builds, we look at conversions. It can be a rebranding takeover, um, ideally 100 apartments plus. And then for my Lacanda, uh, 200 apartments, ideally, sort of 150 to 250, 200 being the sweet spot. Because you're looking at 80% studios, then compensating that with some public space. Um, Cheval residences with its sort of larger apartments. If there was a really, really prime location, you could maybe take it down to 50 apartments, uh, but then you would be looking at large, general sort of one, two, three, four bedroom apartments. Were there, I'm curious as to whether there were any, um, A, whether you had to adapt the operating model during the pandemic and whether any of those changes you will continue with post-pandemic if we, if indeed we are post-pandemic, at whatever stage we are now? I mean, I, I think sort of in terms of performance, I think we are a little bit post-pandemic. Uh, we're looking at our numbers now, and I think 2022 will be 2019 performance. So it, it feels very, uh, very good. Uh, it's very buoyant on, on that side, and we're looking at uh, a, a lot of projects just going, coming back to this thing about sort of the market. And I think investors are uh, very active, they look at the deals. And so we're just therefore going through an incredible amount of reviews of potential projects. Um, <laughs> measures that we've put in place, I think flexibility will stay. The sort of uh, on the hygienic side, of course, there's many things that have been in- implemented that will naturally stay in place. But do you need a sticker on the door to say, make sure, make sure that the room has been cleaned? No, I think it's taken for granted, but um, some things will stay in place. Uh, the screens have come down from reception where we have been sort of screens um, and, and there's no requirement for masks and things like that. But I think, no. I, I don't know. I mean, the way we clean the rooms are, have always been exceptional and it's just keeping on top of those kind of standards. Very good. I recently have been in um, consuming some hospitality. I had to remember that I did and uh, very much enjoyed peeling back the little sticker, at which point I thought, what does this mean? What is this telling me? I'm not quite sure. It's a sticker. It's good. It's a sticker. Theater. Theater, yeah. my friend. You do have to trust that the sticker represents something and whatever fumigating it is, it has, it has occurred. Um, thank you very much for that overview. That's super help- helpful. Um, I was going to ask you, so we used to ask people about biscuits and favourite biscuits, and then we sort of exhausted the biscuit aisle, we, we reckon. Well, maybe not. Who knows? Mm. I mean, there's some cross-cultural issues, weren't there, where people That's true. Don't have no clear understanding of what a digestive is. Yes, exactly. And yeah. you- no, no, and uh, you know, just for the record, obviously, I'm I'm Swedish, but I've been here for a number of years now. Hopefully, I'll recognise some brands, but uh, it's 20, <laughs> it be 25 a- years plus. But <laughs> but I grew up in Sweden, where we have entirely different brands. It's also entirely different biscuits. Yeah, what's that? Sorry, yes, they're entirely different biscuits. So instead of instead of the biscuit question, we're asking our guests um, to share their most memorable hotel experience. Do you have one, and what was it? And would you like to share with the group? No, sure. Um, it would definitely be uh, the 
one and only Kanahura in the Maldives. Which dreadful. Maldives very popular for this particular part of the uh, of the podcast. I've noticed. Oh really? It's just. <laughs> I mean, it was it was our honeymoon, and I just couldn't fault it. And also, being a hotelier, you are naturally a little bit trying to fault it, trying to find something. But awful! It's just, is awful. <laughs> uh, it was just so well considered. Uh, it was the service. It was the product. It was the food. And then, obviously, there are other things about the Maldives, which are just amazing. But uh, it just, even if the hotel were put somewhere else, it just didn't want to leave it. It was fantastic. Did you, um, did you, we went to the Maldives on our honeymoon and enjoyed um, that there's that, I can't remember what the airport's called now. Wait, that you, what's the airport called that you fly into? Can't remember. Anyway, you get to that airport, probably begins with an M, maybe. It's Marley. There we go. Well done. Um, and there's just this collective excitement. It's a bit like, you know, the sort of Christmas Eve of all these grown-ups thinking we're going to paradise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But then, at that point, I think they take all your food and booze off you, don't they? Because you're not allowed to take... Ooh. Yes, yes, I know. Because I... Yes, I see. Awful. <laughs> um, but it was very, very pleasant. Daniel's looking quizzically like that didn't happen to him, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I didn't well, like with bags of it. Yes. <laughs> Laden with my own booze. Don't do that. Uh, well, that does sound that does sound idyllic. Oh. I was just thinking about where you could put one and only that wouldn't work. Croydon, Ipswich. Yes. <laughs> I think I mean, that's an, another, another, another hotel, but is a bit different because it's where I worked. But it, it, it's still very memorable to me. It's uh, it's one Aldrich uh, when that mm. opened back in '98, and it just. Uh, it, it just felt very special. Um, obviously, I worked there and I was there day and night for, for many, 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 many days. But it sort of this was the sort of what coined later, or one of the hotels was coined later, sort of a luxury boutique hotel. Mm. Um, but it, it just felt like there were so many things absolutely spot on, and guests just seemed to really, really enjoy it and come back. So, and, and, and staff were enjoying it. And I, I know many of us that worked there have gone on to do lots of other great things afterwards as well. Yes, I always appreciate a latte that is actually hot in your room. That was part of the one which promise, wasn't it? Oh, you get a room service yeah. latte, it would be hot. Yeah. Memorable experiences. Done. Absolutely. Also, my memory of one which is always the giant flower display. Yes. <laughs> so, but the latte is probably more relevant. Yeah. Um, since we are all trotting off to um, to Germany next week, um, it's 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 maybe uh, an appropriate point to talk about uh, the Cheval. It's the Cheval Maison, isn't it? In in Frankfurt, I've got. Have I got the correct brand there, or is it absolutely? A- yeah. So Cheval Maison Frankfurt, uh, hundred eighty one apartments, and we're opening next year. So that okay. feels suddenly very close uh, and. Uh, uh, something you can start getting excited about. Excited about it's a, a pre-opening time. You know, getting the team organised properly. First year, uh, sort of pre-opening budget um, properly presented. Twelve months out, and then you know, obviously you start uh, gearing up for the GM and then the rest of the team and so on. So, uh, technical services uh, were recently out there. It's coming together really, really nicely. Um, so that's going to be nice, and it's just. To open 
in, in, in such a city in Europe, I think it's also going to be helpful for our growth mm-hmm. um, and, and for other clients to be able to go and see it. And um, for us, this is a management agreement, which I think is also perhaps slightly unusual for Germany, but a very sends a very good message, I think, hopefully for others that we can sign with under a management agreement. And the fact that it doesn't always have to be a lease in Germany. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we're not now. <laughs> also, didn't didn't work out so well for a lot of leases recently. No, and I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm perhaps biased because I, I really do um, think the management agreement model works as long as you've got a, a good alignment with the owner. Um, mm. But there should be more value, and there should be a better bottom line, um, and and therefore more cash flow to the owner. And the banks and other lenders are definitely financing HMAs. So, but I appreciate there are some funds and some requirements or some structures where the investors simply can't sign an HMA. They, they can only go with the lease, and that's fine. Um, that works as well. You would consider a lease? Uh, we, we, we wouldn't rule it out, actually. Um, uh, but we're not going forward on a lease basis yeah. as of today. Our growth model is definitely an HMA, or we acquire, or we, because about 50% of the leads coming in, there are acquisitions, there are properties that could be for sale. So, and we can't buy all of these, uh, but then we package them up and we look at it, doing something together with an investor that will join us. Mm. Um, and so, so I, th- I think it's very important to keep um, your eyes open for all kinds of situations out there. And yes, we may say sign at least in the future. Uh, other ways to get around it might be through some kind of guarantee structure or, you know, like I think a lot of people still talk about key money. And key money definitely exists out there. Um, and uh, I think we're open to discussing all, all options, really. Um, there's been quite the search, particularly on this podcast, for the quarter of reckoning. Um, quarter of reckoning. I can't say it without her doing that, so that's it's it has to happen that way. Um, I'm intrigued. The the opportunities that you mentioned that are coming to you are they um, under any stress? Are they what? And obviously, you don't you know you don't have to give specifics, but just as a general flavour, are these people who thought. I don't want anything to do with real estate anymore. Here you go. Or now's the time. What What's the sort of flavour of the opportunities being presented? Um, well, if we're talking specifically about things that are for sale, I, I, I don't think there's any, there are any sort of discounts out there yet, really. Um, and maybe that's ha- happening even later this year. I don't know, but I haven't, I haven't heard that. I haven't seen it yet. So that's, that's quite interesting. People are still waiting for that moment where, um, maybe banks have got fed up on giving support or so on, but uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. So uh, there's still a huge competition for those assets that are out there and available, um, and, and uh, they're being sold for quite high prices. Mm. And if, as you mentioned, performance is 22, performance is looking like 2019, then I don't know. Where is this, is this going to be elusive, this quarter of reckoning? Is it going yeah, well, I, I think that's maybe unique to service maybe. departments and, yeah. and, and where you are, of course, the market dependent. But 
yeah, our our forecast is looking super strong and what's on the books and everything else, but it's obviously not everywhere. And there's still hotels out there that are hugely reliant on more Americans or more from another market. And, and they may not yet be traveling as much. So business is, is probably down overall, of course. Um, but we're fortunate so far. There's there's no uniformity here, is there? And as as we were were reminded during the pandemic, it was it was um, may, we may all have been in the same sea, but we were certainly in different boats. Um, and that seems to continue with the recovery, doesn't it? Same sea, different boats. There's a metaphor there somewhere. Mm. Um, Daniel, we ask all our guests uh, the same questions at the end of the podcast, which hopefully have made their way to you, and you've spent hours and and polled everyone at the school charity ball for collective responses and um, so if we may do you have five more minutes just to talk through those we ask you those questions and you share your responses sure yeah fire away okay unless Catherine has anything to interject here on leases because that is your favorite subject I do like thinking about leases and reads um, I'm going to move on at this point okay um, so question one, when the shutters came up and I had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I did was? I nipped over to Sweden to see my parents. Had, that had not been possible for quite some time. Time uh, Also, um, although I'm not particularly proud of the carbon footprint, we seem to, when sort of it became easier to travel, um, I think we packed in about a year's worth of travel in three months. <laughs> so it was just... It was so important to go see certain projects, to go and meet people. Um, and it just became sort of that September, October, November, before Omicron happened last year, that we just needed to pack in a, a lot of trips. Very. That's A, wholesome, and B, professional in response. You get many, many points. Well done. Um, the best thing about the hotel sector is? That it's a people business. The variety. And it's never boring. <laughs> I would agree with all of those. <laughs> all of those points. Never, ever boring. Uh, the hotel sector would be significantly improved if? Yeah, so I, I, I'm not sure if this is a bit controversial, but uh, I, if there wasn't this sort of incessant need for growth um, for shareholders in particularly major corporations, then I actually think, and it's not necessarily in all aspects, but I think the actual hotel products might actually be better for the consumer. Because I think uh, the sort of the growth aspiration takes over sometimes what could genuinely be better for a particular uh, property and hotel. So, I mean, you can put standards in place. Of course, that happens. There are many companies that do it really well, but it is near impossible to keep an eye on detail when you have thousands and thousands of properties you can't even visit them mm. yeah all, all in one year so i think that would be my answer i don't think i've been riddled with controversy <laughs> necessarily <laughs> good uh, so yes yeah, so it does i not upset anyone <laughs> no um <laughs> of course it does it does raise again the question of who is the guest in this environment, whether it's the owner or the person sleeping in the room. Um, and I think in that situation, actually, both of them would have some, some grumpy things to say. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I very much enjoyed that response. So you be as controversial as you like. Um, what the industry needs now is? A few years of good trading. I'll leave it there. I... Short, concise. <laughs> we just need to have a few years under our belt now where hotels and all other hospitality projects are trading well. Um, it's obviously going to be the make or break for, for many companies um, and, and for the health of our industry. I think, I think it's just hugely important. Spot on. And finally, I'd like to think we've learned from this. Dot, dot, dot. The environmental impact. So I, I think uh, obviously it's just been a, I, I'm talking about sort of what happened during the pandemic and what we what we saw, and I think one of my takeaways definitely is just we just need to wake up and need and need to look after the, the environment. And I think it's been a kick up the backside for um, ESG being on the agenda much more so. And of course, it's trickling down from higher powers. And when the money says this is what you need in order to lend, of course, it helps. But it's just generally, I think there's just more awareness. And uh, I, th- I think it was a real like, oh, wow, you know, we, we actually, when we're not traveling that much and <laughs> we're not all driving around, the city's small, clears up, it's, it's, it makes a huge difference. And uh, we just need to be smarter going in, in the future. Very much so. Um, Daniel, that was terrific. Thank you very much for your time. Um, best of luck with the with the reducing tiredness over the next few days um, and readying yourself for um, your IHIF uh, delights next week. I'm so so tempted to get a load of chest wigs for my panel. (laughs) (laughs) I must have everyone at the end. Look on Amazon. If you could mm. alert the um, the actual photographer at the exit to the exact time and location of that. And is it too late to get them branded? Is of course the eternal question. <laughs> someone out there that can do that in forty eight hours. No, and, and obviously, your podcast go, will will go viral. So um, yeah. as yeah. everyone hears the message, the room will just be full because they want to see what's full. happening. Yeah, and before people bring in their own branded chest wigs, and it'll be you know it'll be the, the Cameron McKenna rubber duck of this year. Exactly, it'll replace the CBRE hat party. We're all just running around with our chest wigs. So tempted, laughing in the wind. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention, um, you Shivala are doing a survey, aren't you, on sort of future travel intent? Is that still uh, available for the good people, all however many billions are are listening to this of people to fill in? Uh, yes, it is, and I, I think uh, just before the close of play on Friday, I think we were up to about 2,000 people of people that had filled out the survey. So it's going to be very good information. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll, we'll get the latest update later this week. But yes, it's still still live, still out there. Fabulous. Well, we'll include all the relevant links to that uh, on um, with alongside the, the podcast. So we might get a few more responses as well. Um, I think that concludes our learnings for today. Thank you so much, Catherine. Enjoy uh, Macron and all his his disturbing array of chest wigs available on the Internet. See, is there nothing that the Internet can provide for? It's what it's here for. It seems not. And thank you very much again, Daniel. Have a tremendous week and see you in Berlin. Thank you very much. See you there. Thank you. Uh, Or as they say here, simply stick it on and you're good to go. 
So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time. Thank you.